You're listening to Leading and Learning. This is the place where we talk about practical leadership, theology, fitness, how to create winning habits, and so much more. My name is David Spell, and I'm a retired police officer, a pastor, a New Testament scholar, and a leadership coach. My goal on leading and learning is to help you live your best life. Thanks so much for joining us today. Welcome back to Leading and Learning. This is episode number 167. The title of today's show is The Fruit of Our Leadership. Last week, we, we talked about the primary requirement of leadership, and it's uh, a little bit different than you might think. I actually talked about the importance of love. Uh, Jesus commanded us to love your neighbor as you love yourself. And really, for leaders, this is the first requirement. And and, and look, I, you can go back and listen to my other posts. I've got plenty of great uh, leadership teaching that gives the principles and uh, of leadership and talk about management and supervision and the importance of casting vision and the nuts and bolts of leadership. And yes, absolutely those things are important. But if you're a leader and you don't love your people, or if you don't want to use the word love, if you say that's just too strong a word to use in the marketplace or in your business, no problem. If you don't c- care for your people, if you don't show concern for, for the people that report to you and those whom you serve as a leader, then you're really not fit to be a leader, in my opinion. We have to care. We have to love. We have to um, look after the people that we've been entrusted with, who who we serve with, and those who report to us. So that was last week, the primary requirement of leadership. But I want to even dig in a little deeper today, and I want to talk about the fruit of our leadership. And I'm going to be reading a, a few verses of Scripture that kind of highlight some things, some do's and don'ts, but it's it's more than do's and don'ts. It's it's much deeper than that. These are these are hard attitudes, but I can guarantee you you've experienced both the positive and the negative of what we're going to talk about. But before we get into that, I want to let you know that this episode of Leading and Learning is brought to you by my book, New Testament Snapshots. New Testament Snapshots is a look at twelve of the lesser-known leaders in the New Testament. Uh, you know, there's we know the, the, the main people in the New Testament, Jesus, uh, the Apostle Paul, the Apostle Peter, um, John. There's so, so many others who we know and we know well, but there's so many others who, excuse me, appear on the pages that we may not have quite as much knowledge about. And, and really, if, if we're willing to dig in, there's a lot there. Um, we just have to be willing to kind of dig under the surface. So New Testament Snapshots is a really, really uh, fun book to uh, not only increase your, your knowledge of the New Testament and on some of the folks that you, you uh, maybe had read about but didn't really know who they were, but it's also a great way to expand your leadership um, uh, potential and influence as well. Um, because that's who these people were. I mean, if they're listed, there's a reason they're listed, and it's because they were leaders and and people of influence. So New Testament snapshots, there'll be a link in the show notes. Make sure you check it out. I know you'll love it. Well, 
Okay, we're back. Now I'm going to read a passage of scripture. I'm going to read two actually, but I'm going to start with this one. And it says this. Now the works of the flesh are evident. And some of this stuff, you know, you can say that really doesn't apply to leadership, but bear with me. So the, the fruits of the flesh, the works of the flesh are evident. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery. See, I told you there was an applicable one. You've always said your boss was a witch. Um, but then these, these next ones that we're going to get into really do come into play in leadership. Enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. I warn you, as I warned before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. And you've said before, your boss is going straight to hell. I, I get it. But I want you to kind of think about it a second. Some of these, yes, we can eliminate and, and say they, they don't really apply, but some of these really, really do. And, and, and just let's kind of look and you'll see what I'm talking about. Um, first of all, these are, these are the negative characteristics of the human nature according to Paul. Paul says that the, the things that the natural man does, um, the, the sinful nature, if you will, these are the fruits of the flesh, the works of the flesh. These are the things that he shared. But notice some of these attitudes and tell me whether or not you have experienced these in the workplace. What about the one that says fits of anger? I mean, I've worked for people who would just fly off the handle and start yelling or dressing down subordinates. There's no place for that. But you know, that's not uncommon. Um, if, you've, if you've read much about Steve Jobs, I mean, the, the, the brains behind uh, the Apple revolution, you know that as brilliant as he was and the incredible visionary leader that he was, he was known for his fits of anger. He was known for his anger issues. He was known for, for using people and then when they, they let him down one time, just kind of casting them aside and leaving broken lives in, in his wake. Uh, he was known for that. Um, what about an insecure leader? Have you ever worked for a, for a boss that was just so insecure? Well, Paul mentioned that too. He talked about jealousy. He talked about rivalries. And he talked about envy. Um, you've probably at some point had a good idea, and yet your boss, for, for who knows why, didn't want to implement it. And you knew it would probably save the company money. You knew it would save time. Could it be that maybe they were jealous that they didn't think of it? They were envious of you that you had that idea and they didn't? What about the leader who sows seeds of enmity and strife? These were two of the others Paul mentioned. Enmity and strife. You know, I actually worked for somebody at the police department that they were in a position of leadership. They were in a high level in the police department. And they loved nothing better than going around and just spreading gossip and slander and, you know, just kind of setting people at odds with each other. And they would do it very innocently. They would make it sound like they were just kind of passing on imported information but they were sowing seeds of discord and, you know, basically creating a workplace where there was strife instead of, you know, peace and unity. Now, this is not 
acceptable for a leader. Now, does that mean that, you know, if you're a good leader, you're never going to get angry? Of course not. We all make mistakes. We all get angry. We all lose our tempers. But it shouldn't be a pattern of our life, and it shouldn't be something that describes us. It should be the kind of thing where if you lose your temper at work, people stand back and they're amazed because it's such a shock, because it's not who you are. But listen to the next passage here, the next couple of verses that Paul writes to this church in Galatia. He said, you just heard about the fruit of the flesh, the works of the flesh, but here's what the fruit of the Spirit is. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. Now, can you imagine what would happen in your workplace if those things were implemented? What would happen if love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control were strived for, if it became part of your corporate culture? How would that affect the workplace? Is that out of order? I don't think so. I mean, this is not to say, we're not saying that we don't hold people responsible or hold people accountable, but it's how we do it. Um, you know, we can talk about the, the, the leaders that you've worked for, the bosses that I've worked for who, who've demonstrated the negative things, but have you ever had a leader, a boss, maybe the owner of your company, maybe it was a pastor that you worked for, who characterized love? Um, you, you worked for them and you, you knew that they cared about you and cared about your family and cared about your life. How did that make you feel about coming to work? There's something powerful there when you know the boss cares, when you know that the boss has your best interest in mind. What about joy? I mean, look, you've been, I've been in environments where when you walk in the door, you feel the, the tension. You feel how uncomfortable it is because there's just a, a bad spirit there. But you've also walked into those environments where when you walk in the door, you feel a spirit of joy. People are happy. They're laughing. They're working. They're doing their jobs, but they're, they're enjoying themselves. They, they like the people they're working with. They're, they're comfortable. They're, it's just a spirit of joy. That's a good thing. What about peace? Uh, you know, I, I worked for a guy one time who just delighted in, in tormenting people about their jobs. And this was not with the police department. This was another place. But he just delighted in just talking about how, you know, oh, gosh, I think we're probably going to have to cut jobs. I'm just not sure, you know, how long I can do this. I'm sure we're probably going to at some point have to cut back and let a bunch of people go. And he just took great delight in torturing his people. And then he was surprised when, you know, several people found other jobs and quit because they didn't want to deal with the uncertainty of, of what he was doing, but, uh, you know, there's just some people that delight in, 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 you know, creating tension and creating drama in the workplace. But how great is it when you walk in and you just feel peaceful, comfortable? You know, there's not that, that fear or that tension that, that we're talking about. What about patience? Isn't it great to work for somebody that has patience? Who, if you're struggling, you know, with the new software that they'll patiently help you until you get it. If you're struggling with, 
you know, an assignment that you've been given, and they're they're patient with you, helping you, coaching you till you, till you get it. Just kindness, human kindness. Paul says, just treating people with respect, treating people the way that we would want to be treated. Goodness, faithfulness. You know, there's something powerful about faithfulness. You know, showing loyalty to people. I think sometimes as leaders, as managers, as supervisors. We expect people to be loyal to us, but we don't want to show the same loyalty to them. Loyalty is a powerful, powerful thing in the workplace. When we show loyalty to our people, they're much, much more likely to stick around longer, and they're much more likely to do a great job for us because of faithfulness and loyalty. Gentleness. Gentleness doesn't mean you're a bad boss. It just means you treat people Gently. You're not harsh with them. You're not mean. Uh, of course, you, you do what you have to do to enforce rules and policy and those kinds of things. I mean, you can imagine. I worked for the police department for 30 years. You can imagine. We had a, a, a policy manual that was, you know, as thick as an old-fashioned telephone, telephone book. It was just packed full of stuff. And often, you know, I would have to hold people accountable. But, you know, it's how I did it. It's how, it's how we treat people when we're correcting them. We can gently correct and still get the same result without having to be obnoxious about it. And then self-control. Wow. Self-control. How, how many problems in the workplace would be eliminated just because people practice self-control? You know, the guy that uh, made the, the, the un unwholesome comments or the improper comments towards a female employee and then got fired for, um, you know, unwanted conduct or sexual misconduct uh, because they said or did something. You know, if they'd have just had self-control, the person, and I've met them and you've met them, that they just couldn't keep their mouth shut. They sabotaged their own career because they always had to speak their mind. And then they were surprised when they didn't get promoted. I saw it over and over again. Police officers who just couldn't keep their mouth shut. They didn't know how to leave well enough alone. And then they were surprised when it came back and they said, well, you know, we, we can't promote you. you you're, you've sabotaged your own career by all the terrible things you've said about the boss. Self-control. And as a boss, as a manager, as a leader, how important is self-control? I mean, listen, we all have those thoughts about the, the people that we work with that we call problem children. But, you know, you better be careful what you say and how you say it. Because in this environment of, of lawsuits and complaints, um, we do have to watch what we say. We do have to be professional, even when we don't want to be. So self-control. Just imagine if... You know, starting next week, the CEO of your company said, you know, we're going we're gonna to take these things. We're going to take these nine things. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And each week, we're going to emphasize one of them. I wonder what would happen if just 25 or 30 or 50% of the company said, yeah, boss, we'll, we'll go along with that. We'll try and be loving this week. Next week, hey, yeah, this week we'll, we'll practice joy. We'll see how much joy we can generate at work. Peace. What can we do to create an atmosphere of peace where people feel comfortable coming to work? Patience. 
kindness, goodness, the rest of them. What would happen if these things were implemented in your corporate culture? Well, I'll tell you what would happen. It would be like heaven on earth. It's, you know, and we say, well, it's not going to happen. Well, of course not if we're not willing to try. And, you know, when we're dealing with people, of course, there's always going to be issues. But as leaders, if we could capture this, if we could capture these things, yes, we need to learn how to lead. We need to know how to motivate people. We need to know how to coach people when they make mistakes. We need to know how to have difficult conversations. We need to know how to teach. We need to know how to cast vision and all the other incredibly important things that go along with leadership. But if we can take those things and run them through these these filters, these attitudes, the love, the joy, the peace, the self-control, the gentleness, all these things, man, imagine how much more effective we're going to be as leaders. People are going to be lining up to want to come work for us. Now, I'd love to hear what you think, and I'd love to hear your experience have you had one of those bosses who implemented all those negative things we talked about? The, the uh, enmity, the strife, the jealousy, the fits of anger, the rivalries, the dissensions, the divisions, the envy. Have you worked for somebody like that? And how did you handle it? And have you worked for somebody that practiced these other things? The love, the joy, the peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And they don't have to be Christians. I had many pulses who were non-Christians and yet instinctively, because they were a good person and knew how to treat people, would implement so many of these things into their leadership and it made them a joy to work for. So what's been your experience? I'd love to hear from you. Go to davidspell.com, leave me a question or a comment in the comment section for today's post. While you're there, make sure you sign up to get my free newsletter. I send out three blog posts a week. This podcast is one of those. And I'd love to stay in touch with you. I also send out a subscribers-only newsletter once a month just as a way to stay in touch with people and offer some extra leadership tips and also let you know some of the exciting things that I'm doing around the world with, uh, with our missionary work. Also... If you're interested in supporting the podcast, you are so, so welcome to do so. We love providing free content, but if you wanted to help us, that's great too. While you're at davidspell.com, just click on the link towards the bottom that talks about how you can get involved. And all the support that's generated through this goes right into a fund that we use for for our mission and, and leadership training around the world. Right now, I've got two trips coming up. I'm Planning on a trip for a month to uh, uh, a month in South America, working with some churches there, working with some great pastors, and then in uh, October I will be going to India and doing the same there, training some indigenous pastors who um, just don't have access to leadership training, seminary training, and they really want to be good leaders and take care of people. But this is a way that we can give back to them and give them some tools. So if you want to support that. I'd love for you to be a part. Well, friends, thanks for joining with me on this journey. Thanks for being with us. And until next time, this is David Spell encouraging you to let the fruit of your leadership shine.